You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. They're out of the building, <laughs> but they're, they're part of every meeting. On top of that, I guarantee you, those guys are doing something on their own to make sure that they're in tune to what we're doing. I'm sure if those guys can run, they're on somebody's treadmill running right now within their homes, they're on a bike, doing whatever they need to do to get ready. So my concern is just making sure that they're healthy to come and play, okay? If they're healthy to come and play, we know what they can do and what they'll bring to the table. These guys have been a part of our system now for a number of years. They will be ready and primed if, if that opportunity presents itself. And finally, we are back at it here. It's been a minute, Lon. We, we, we had the post-game show after that thrilling game last week. That kind of served as showing BK on the Chiefs. But really, man, our guy, Serta, has been gone the last two weeks because he then got married. He got married in here, had gotten married, and then he also had the honeymoon and enjoyed himself. And hey, we're glad to have you back, huh? You, you, you feel different now that... that that you've just given your life to another person. You feel you feel, you feel different now. You you join the club. Sir, to your next. You join the club. I'm proud. I'm happy for you. Thank you, my friend. Uh, I did invite you to the wedding. Want that to be known on the air. <laughs> there was an invite for both Serta and Ron Hughley. Uh, both of them. There was an invite that was extended. It was more than 48 hours in advance. And they did not show up. That's dicey. I, that's I, had, really I had prior dicey. obligations. Ron just said no. I don't know. That's that's kind of dicey, Serta. That is, wow. <laughs> really? He's going there. I'm out here just... In a friendly way, he just—he's made me literally spill wine <laughs> down my my shorts. I've spilled wine, and it's a great cat cabernet, by the way. I spilled wine. I don't—I don't know. It was a—it felt like a pity invite. No, I, I invited you guys. Found there was no pity. Serta, I found out, sir. Well, we got a couple of couple of cancellations, so we can get him in here, man. I, I, I appreciate it. I I appreciated the gesture. I had family in town that weekend. I could not make it. Pete Sweeney made the drive and he, Pete said, jump in the car with me, Steve. I got you. Let's go do this. Let's go to BK's wedding. I just couldn't make it that weekend. I'm telling you, it was a good party. It was free drinks, free, uh, free food. It looked like it was. It was a really good time. Um, we had a blast, man. I I have a wedding ring that is now on my finger. Forgot to bring it to the honeymoon with me, but that's neither here nor there. Not a problem. Everything was fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. How, hold uh, on, hold on, dog. Hold on, man. See, now I'm concerned about you. Like it didn't take the trip at all. <laughs> you no. did. Like it didn't make the plane. <laughs> no. Come on, man. Come on, dog. You can't kick it off with forgetting your wedding <laughs> ring on the. You That's forgot. how I know this one's gonna work because she didn't annul the marriage literally that moment. Really? Okay. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. That's another like, because because I mean my thought my thought so oh so you're forgetting the wedding ring already. Like you're not not even going with <laughs> exactly. That was that was what I expected to be the response. She was chill about it. I thought that it was going to be a problem. 
Um, so I wake up Monday morning. So we have the the um, wedding so- on Saturday. We had the grace period day on Sunday where we did the brunch and everything, had family over, hung out, whatever. Monday morning, we leave at 6 a.m. Our flight leaves at 6 a.m. to go to Punta Cana. And we're getting ready. It's like 3 o'clock, whatever. We're, we're both exhausted at this point. We've been doing wedding stuff. We had our rehearsal dinner on Thursday. So at this point, we're like day five of wedding stuff, yeah. right? So you're just exhausted. So you're going through the motions and half awake. I'm getting ready, washing my face, all that. I had taken my wedding ring off to be able to you know, do your typical morning routine. I just forgot to grab it again before we walked out the door. And uh, yeah, we get to we get to the airport. She looks back at me. and She's like, hey, uh, did you remember your ring? She she hadn't seen if I had it or not. She's like, hey, do you remember your ring? She figured, you know, it was going to be a new thing for me. Ron, you asked me the first thing like, hey, how's it wearing a ring? Um, I was I was like, oh, I, I was I was getting real. uh getting a little over antsy about it. Right. I was like, yeah, look, of course. Oh no. <laughs> I looked down at my finger. I was like, it ain't there. I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> I was listen, like, listen, we forget our rings, especially early on. Dog, I I I don't know how you forget it going to the honeymoon. I like that, that's <laughs> that, like like early on, man. And it, it is like it is there. It is like, oh god, like I'm going on the honeymoon. I'm going on a I need to have the ring on type of event, right? If like, I can have I one wanna... thing, I should probably bring this. <laughs> this is the thing. And I was confident oh, with it too. I was like, yeah, I was looking like a single lady dance, like, yeah, flashing it to make sure she knows. Yeah, I got the ring. Uh-uh, nope, no ring. No ring wow. on my hand. So we're going to move from that because you did that <laughs> single ladies dance really easy. Like you, you was able to get into that really easy <laughs> Oh wow! Like my man from Glee, that was that was something else, boy. You you smoked that one, my God! <laughs> Hit that bad boy hard. All right, look, man. Two weeks off from BK, he's back in it, um, and, and and I'm sure he's ready to go with these takes. Um, look, COVID is taking over the league right now. And there are some teams that have been hit bad. The Chiefs had a hellacious week. This week, I mean, they went from at one point, fellas, on the on the COVID list, they had Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I mean, that would be enough. Blake Bell, Slick Mike Rimmers, Kyle Long, Lucas Niang, Chris Jones, Nick Bolton, Rashad Fenton, Amani Watts. I mean, they had Charvarius Ward, Harrison Butker. They had all... I mean, a roster full of it. I mean, not just a roster full, but Dieter. really. In, yeah, okay. Listen, we're not going to mention him. He's, uh, we're not mentioning practice squad, guys. He might have gotten time it. this week if he was yeah. available. But well, of course. The, and he the didn't. football gods just hate Gary Dieter. Yeah, yeah, sure they did. Um, but, I mean, they have a bunch of these guys out. Now, Chris Jones, Charvarius Ward. I don't know what Charvarius is on, but Charvarius Ward got cleared. Um, but right now they still have Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, Blake Bell, uh, Kyle Long, Niang. They're out. Nick Bolton as well. Rashad Fenton and Harrison Butker. We know he's not he's not playing because he is uh, he is unvaccinated. But nobody's surprised if you follow Harry. Uh, Number one contender on the team. To be yeah, honest. ten ten days easy. 
if he Fs this team over, I swear before God, Harrison Bruckner, <laughs> I mean, there should be some people in line. You ever see like the movie Airplane? Where they get, where they try to slap that guy. The guy said, "I speak Java." Like there should be a line ready for Harrison Bucker if it comes down to some kick with this this kicker they didn't pull off that's messed up. But I'm really upset, by the way. I, I need to I need to step in here for a second. Did you guys see Defoe's on this list? Oh God, yep. yep. Darius Fountain. This was his My week, guy. man. This was his week. It this was setting up for him. Tyree Kill out. Travis Kelsey out. They have like literally one tight end on the active roster right now. Doris Fountain was about to get legitimate it, playing time and he's sitting on the practice squad ready to go. He pops up with COVID. Unbelievable, man. No, I hope no. I hope he ends up clearing through the protocol. I hope he's the one. Yeah, over probably, <laughs> probably not. Over, yeah, over Tyreek Hill. That's a great if I could get point. one back, if I could if get, I could one, get one, back, one back, I would take Defoe. No, not eight, seven, not 10. No, eight, two, baby. That's, that's who I want. That's who I want. Okay. All right. Let's not get, let it get away from us. But look, I mean, the, the chiefs, I mean, we don't think they're going to get a lot of these guys back. I mean, there's, there's a real chance that they could be rolling out here without, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and in this time frame, uh, under the Aaron or uh, Pat Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes uh, partnership, they've never played without both of them. Right, the, uh, Tyreek has missed some time, but they've never had no Kelsey and no Tyreek Hill at the same time. And I'm going to be honest with you, in a sick, sadistic way, I'm kind of into this. I kind of want to see this, right? Like if, if, if I'm not going to say that, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that it is. I'm not going to, it's kind of turning me on a bit. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to say that if I had one to come back that I would pick Defoe, but I'm just saying if Tyreek and Kelsey weren't available in this game in a sick way, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of into seeing it because I'm going to tell you, I've said this before. My favorite thing in sports is to see greatness at the highest level displayed. And I kind of want to see what Patrick Mahomes looks like without having those two weapons before. Like, I, I, I've always considered BK Mahomes as a fixer. Like, there are certain quarterbacks that do things, and then there are fixers, that guys that can fix your bad defense and they can fix your bad offensive line. They can make enough plays where they fix things. And I believe Mahomes is that, but we've just never really had to see it. This would be a game against a team that is in playoff contention. This ain't them playing the Texans or the sorry-ass Jags. This is the Steelers. Like There's a team that is vying for the playoffs. To play without Kelsey and Hill, I kind of want to see what he looks like and how – he plays and how he looks with Hardman, Pringle, and Robinson instead of those guys out there. I kind of want to see that, BK. I'm kind of into it. I'm intrigued to see what it looks like without those guys because at some point, like whether it be three years from now, five years from now, seven, who knows when it happens, but eventually he's going to have to play without Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. That's just going to be the reality for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes is going to be the one guy that remains. 
I want to see what that looks like. And I, I hope that we don't have to right now. It would be best for the Chiefs, both for their immediate future and for what the seating looks like in the postseason, yeah. for them to have both of those guys available for them on Sunday. But if they aren't able to play, I'm really intrigued to see what it looks I'm like. I'm into it. Guys, I, I think this is the case. I don't think Mahomes has played a single game without Kelsey since he no. became the full-time starter in 2018. I'm pretty sure Kelsey has played in every game that Mahomes has played in since then. I mean, that in and of itself, like Kelsey's, he's the warm blanket that keeps you, the blanket that keeps you warm at night. He's the guy that has been at any point in time, you need a third down conversion. Kelsey's there for you. You need a big play on, on second and 12 Kelsey's available to you. Even if it's just Kelsey that has to miss this game, that in and of itself is something that we just flat out haven't seen with Patrick Mahomes so far in his career. Yeah, but, but but see, but if it's both, see, because Hill can still dictate coverage. I mean, if you don't have both of them, like it's it's really on him. And I'm like, I want to see his greatness sort of at full display. I real, I'm 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 actually I'm actually getting charged up right now just thinking about it. <laughs> I, I'm not as juiced as you are uh, about the <laughs> idea of all of this. Like, I am curious. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that. I, I, I'm curious about how this plays out. And what it looks like, because, uh, yeah, we've never seen it. We've just never seen Patrick Mahomes without both of these dudes, both of these Hall of Fame caliber pass catchers. But it doesn't tell me anything about this team. Like, you know, we were talking about the Chiefs for weeks and weeks. Like, oh, they keep catching breaks. This guy's not healthier. This guy didn't play. This guy's inactive. This guy left the game earlier, whatever. Like, we were saying that because we were trying to learn something about the Chiefs and who the Chiefs really are. This game doesn't teach me anything about the Chiefs if those guys aren't available. It's just more like football curiosity. Like, okay, well, let's see what Pat's got. Let's see what Pat can go do with Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson as his top pass catchers. No, I disagree. I think maybe you don't learn about the Chiefs per se, but I think you get to learn something about Patrick. Like, you get to learn – like, we we believe that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the game. We believe that he is this – elite fixer guy that hey maybe you don't have to be you know a hundred percent in every area of your team but we just never really had to see it like I mean because he's always had 87 or 10 like we've never he's always had 87 10 and the best play caller and play designer since Bill Walsh in my opinion Andy Reid like we've never had to see it right we feel like he could be like we would say like I've, I've heard a lot of people say this right well what would Patrick Mahomes look like if he was in Houston under Bill O'Brien like Deshaun was? But I always say, oh, I mean, he's he's the best quarterback in the league. I think he would function, right? I don't I don't know if he'd be as good as he has been because he's had all those pizzas around him. But, hell, if he had DeAndre Hopkins, I, I, I think he'd be all right. But now we just haven't really had to see it. Now, now, Serta, you might get to see the height of his greatness because, BK, we got to see it with Rodgers this year. We got to see, like, Rodgers had a game at Arizona, the team that had been first, had the best record for most of the year until this last two weeks. I don't know what the hell happened to Detroit last week, but whatever. They've had the best record. He went in on the road. Kyler played. Hopkins played most of the game. And he had none of his top guys. He didn't have Devontae Adams. He didn't have Lazard. He didn't have Valdez Scantling. He didn't have any of those guys. But he made it work. And he won the game and he went in there and won. I mean, like, I kind of want to see if Pat 
does that. Like I, I'm into that. It's different because it's not the Super Bowl. Um, but it kind of reminds me of the the 2015 finals where LeBron was playing without Kevin Love and without Kyrie Irving. Because you no, 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 I'm with no. He should have been the MVP of that series. Okay, they, they, I, they I, gave that to Andre Iguodala, the son of a gun, stole that MVP from him just because. No, he was amazing in that series. And if he just had one of them, they will. I'm gonna back off now. You did took me here to a place that you know <laughs> is a bad spot for me. Forgetful the wedding reason, ring guy. God, this is the, the reason I bring it up is just because, like, you got to see a different version of LeBron James in that series. He he dominated. He he was like the guy, and he was attacking the basket, and he was doing everything that everybody has always said. Like, if LeBron would do this, I would enjoy him more as a player. All of the LeBron critics, right? And so you got to see it, and I was like, oh, well, what are what could you possibly critique about LeBron now? Right? I, I know he didn't win the series, but the guy was clearly the best player on the court that entire series. That's kind of how I feel about this for, for Mahomes. We, we saw him without an offensive line. It was like, okay, yeah, that guy's still unbelievable. And he damn near dragged that team to at least being in contention with Tampa Bay in that game, despite the fact that he literally didn't have a tackle. No, in this game, it's different because at least he's going to have an opportunity to make plays because he does have a pretty solid offensive line. But the weapons are now the things that are disappearing from him. So we've seen it without the offensive line. Patrick Mahomes looked great. Now we're watching it without the wide receivers. And I want to see, or the pass catchers, I want to see what that looks like. Do you guys know who the second leading receiver in terms of receptions would be if the Chiefs went into this game without Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? I, I I feel like it's it's Williams, the running back. It is. Daryl Williams would be their second leading pass catcher if they end up going into this game without Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Daryl Williams. Daryl's good. It's a hell of a pass catching back. I did not, I did not know Daryl had that in but, him. But I just, yeah, I want to see like how he does this because that's what Rodgers did in that game. He used Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones led their team in receiving. He just used what he had to to will that team. I want to see it. And I'm to be honest with you, I'm pretty disappointed disappointed in you, Serta, that you're uh, you're just curious. God. Uh, now, okay, but whatever. listen, no, I, no, I okay think me. you said it. You said we it. do we do this unfair thing where we're like, well Tom Brady did it forever with nobody as, oh, as if he true. didn't have like Hall of Famers. But like but when you look at like the vast majority of his career and you say like okay he didn't have like top tier wide receivers outside of Randy Moss and Wes Welker, like Tom Brady always just did it with all these dudes. So then we say, okay, that's how everybody else has to do it. And Rogers has been doing it for a long time, but Devonte Adams is a really special player. Jordy Nelson usually, was awesome and doesn't yeah, get the credit he deserved. Like, well, and, and yeah. Rogers usually has one dude. Like he, that's been the thing is like, he's got at least yeah. one guy. Rogers had drivers Jennings. Rogers had drivers Jennings. And and Jordy Nelson at once, like yeah. I mean, and Randall like, Cobb was, mixing his way in there. But that was the, early in his career, and like, yeah, and Randall Cobb is fine. But like, Jordy Nelson was legitimately elite at one point. Devonte really Adams is absolutely elite. Yes, I'm curious to see what all of this winds up shaping up to be because I think Patrick Mahomes is special, and I want to see him just make plays with whoever's on the field because I think he's capable of doing that. But this isn't the football game that I want to watch. I, oh, I just want to go you watch some, find smoke some the Steelers. Side note here, uh, before we get to the Chiefs have the ball, 
Randall Cobb, top five eyes in NFL history. <laughs> I mean, they are nice. They are nice, got, man. They're beautiful. He's got some pretty ass eyes. Top they're, five, easily. I they're mean, like diamonds. He's got like he was, diamond eyes. He was with the Texans last year. Those Zoom press conferences, like I never, I never asked him a tough question. He had me zoomed. <laughs> I like fell in, <laughs> fell into. So, cheers to you, Randall Cobb. Top five eyes in NFL history. I don't know who else is in that camp, but he Eric Warfield also in there with great looking eyes. Yeah, Eric, Warfield. Eric Warfield has a Chiefs podcast now. He does. He should come on ours with his pretty ass eyes. Yeah, ours is probably better. So we probably be no. Here. It it no. is. It, it is. But God, he was so bad. Um, <laughs> him and William Barty used to just run alongside receivers, but never ever have ball skills to knock the ball down. Just great coverage. Got paid never though. Got paid. They sure did. They sure did. All right, we do this every week when the Chiefs <clears throat> when the Chiefs have the ball, and this uh, especially when we could potentially see. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey out, BK. When you look at what the Steelers have done in run, at least run defense, it's weird as hell, right? Like, it's it's so funny. Like, no one would think this. No one really pushes towards the Steelers' defense just because muscle memory tells you that the Steelers' defense is this tough, hard-nosed. They bring the thunder. They hit. They, they're aggressive. They're physical. Uh. They're horrible, horrible against the run. Really just horrible all over, but they're horrible against the run specifically. And, like, it's muscle memory with the Chiefs. Like, people still – I, I love to hear this when people still say, oh, man, you know, I, I like the Chiefs. and I don't know what Patrick Mahomes could do, but their defense is still they're, – they're the question. No, it's just muscle memory. You're just stuck for years of the Chiefs having a bad defense. The Steelers' run defense is horrific up front. And T.J. Watt's up there and Cam Hayward's up there, but they as a whole stink. The last five games, Tennessee, who's playing, as I've said, still as the Chattanooga Titans. They are they are still playing double-A football with their team last week. They got some fella named Hilliard that the Houston Texans cut. The Houston Texans cut him as a running back last week. They ran for 201 yards in Pittsburgh before that. Dalvin Cook just wiped their asses on the floor. They rushed for 242. Baltimore 107 before that. Cincy and Joe Mixon, they went for 198. The Chargers, they went for 160. They're awful. Listen, with those the, top the, You guys, didn't go back far enough. The Detroit Lions ran for 230. The I just Lions. went the last five. I just went the last five. All right? Uh, you're a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> Dan Campbell, baby. Dan Dan, Campbell. The fighting Dan Campbells ran for uh, over 200 yards. I'm just saying, I know the Chiefs aren't great rushing the football, but this week, like, with those guys out, most of your old line is in. You probably have Wiley in at tackle, which he's probably better suited to run block anyway. Like, you got to dominate up front. I mean, mean, they're, they're doing it, right? They're doing it. They're giving that up. That has to be a big part of helping this offense that doesn't have its normal parts potentially in this game is that the Chiefs have to run the football with Williams and with Clyde. they got to do that. The weird thing is I actually think Clyde's been pretty solid when he's been given an opportunity this year. He yeah. just hasn't really run the ball that often. and It's strange, Ron. I don't understand it because I came into the year and I was the guy saying I think that 
this is the new toy for Andy Reid, right? He, he got all these new offensive linemen. He's going to be able to new, do new uh, and unusual things with his running game. And we've seen some of it, but whether it be the injuries that we saw early on to Clyde or just the general ineffectiveness of the running game since the start of the season, uh, early on, they, they really struggled to coalesce between the offensive line and the running backs. They've moved away from that quite a bit of late. I hope they go back to it if they are without Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in this game in particular, because as you mentioned, you can run on this team and the Chiefs should do yes. it. This is a line of scrimmage game. This is the game that you brought Orlando Brown here for. This is the game that Trey Smith should live for. Creed Humphrey should be thrilled about what he's about to do in the interior. You should be able to get those guys, by the way, forgetting just the running game, because that's got to be huge. The screen game could be a significant piece of what they're doing this week. That's an Andy Reid staple. Get that going. Those are the types of things that can eliminate some of what you're missing out from with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Get those easy yards from Daryl Williams and from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Those guys have to be featured pieces of the offense if you're going to be without your two big horses. I will throw this out to you guys, both of you. It, it, with 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 Kelsey and Hill potentially not being out there and what the Steelers have done running in terms of stopping the run, what what do you feel like is a number in terms of rush yards we should we should see and expect from the Chiefs this week? If they're without Kelsey and Tyreek, right? Yeah, for them to for them without them without their guys, and them to really like to me, I'm I'm at like a buck fifty at least because I mean I you're not say. you know what I mean. You're not gonna I mean you got Patrick Mahomes, so you're not gonna just he's not throw it fifteen times, but like a buck fifty to me feels like the route to me yeah. i think you've got to have at least one one 25 to 130 just because i'm thinking about the number of carries they'll probably have in the game yeah. they're probably going to be at like maybe 30 combined so i would say 130 ish is probably the, the target where you want to be yeah i i'm thinking 150 and part of it is the way they've been utilizing Daryl and Clyde, like both these guys have carved out a nice role for themselves in the offense. They've both been productive and, and Daryl's been, you know, more of the pass catching back, but Clyde's caught a couple of passes here in recent weeks. Like the way they're utilizing both of them, this should be a game where Andy says, all right, we're going, we're going full in. Like we're going like back to the Jamal Charles days and we're just going to feed these two guys and feature them on Sunday. So I think anything under 150 yards should be a disappointment really, because it's going to be there for you for, for the taking on Sunday. Who yeah. Do you guys I, I think look at, leads that. Who do you think leads the chiefs in yards from scrimmage on Sunday? It's interesting. Mm. I think, I think potentially Hardman. Uh, I think they're going to use him in the run game. And if there's no Tyreek and there's no, uh, Kelsey, I, I think he may be at least big play wise a guy that that they try to get to get the ball to with screens as you're talking about running the football and maybe downfield. So I, I think it's either one of those backs or or Hardman. Yeah, I, I think it's Clyde. I, I think this is the game that you know if ever the Chiefs were going to try to run their offense through Clyde Edwards-Helaire. You drafted him in the first round. You really want to see what he can do. This is the prime opportunity to just showcase who he is as a player, and I think they should absolutely do it. To God, me, I, 
Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I hope Serta's right. I, I really want it to be Clyde. I, I've wanted it for him for a while now. I, I said it earlier. I think he's played so much better this year than what we saw from him a year ago. I think he's been a pretty solid contributor for him from, from day one, really. I, I think I would – I think I might go Daryl Williams, though. Yeah. They just seem to trust him so much more in the passing game. I can disagree with it all I want. I, I feel like we've seen Clyde, when he's been used in the passing game, look really good in that regard. but. They just seem to trust Daryl in a way that they don't with Clyde. The the guy that I would say is the sleeper here and don't sleep on him too much, Byron Pringle. I, I think Byron Pringle is going to be the number one receiver on Sunday if they're without those guys. That could be that could be the case. I look at a game the Steelers had earlier this year against the Chargers, uh, Sunday night football, and they gave up 160 on the ground and they gave but but Herbert still threw for 382. Like that, that to me feels like the rain. I don't know if Pat's going to throw for 382, but the 160 felt right. And it was odd, right? Uh, Justin Herbert had 90 rushing yards in that game. Hmm. So, and we watched, we watched Mahomes in the last game uh, start to uh, start to really light up the Chargers there late in the game with their, with his run in the football uh, there later on in the game. So that could be something also to be interesting to watch with their run game uh, with it. But however, they, they get to like 160 or something and you still got Mahomes is going to throw the football, that 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 is the range that seems to make sense to me. Along with that, though, as, as when the Chiefs have the ball that I'm intrigued by because I feel like, fellas, Andy Reid gets off to this. Like, I, I think Andy loves having all of the weapons because he can go and, and draw up all these plays, right? He's got the Pat plays that he talked about before. He's got the Hill and the Kelsey plays can do a lot of stuff. But I think Andy Reid, like, there's, I think there's two different coaches, right? There are coaches who see, like, oh, my God, I got all these injuries. I got this COVID. Holy hell, what am I going to do? And then there are other guys, like, I think Sean Payton's in this camp, uh, like, that see, oh, I got these injuries. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I get to try some stuff now. I get to really try some stuff now. I get to do some stuff. I think Andy is, I think he is halfway excited of what he can try to pull off on, on, on in this game. What can he draw up? What can he scheme up? What kind of, what kind of stuff can he draw up to get touchdowns himself, to get scores himself? I am intrigued to see what Andy comes up with with potentially those guys out uh, in this game coming up. I think he gets excited about these opportunities. I think he gets even more excited specifically when they mean something, right? Like when there is, when there's a real stake, there, there's stakes in this game. If the chiefs lose, like you're back to wondering if they're going to get the number one seed again, because this is a conference opponent and you fa potentially fall back to, all of the teams that last week you were able to pull in front of and you don't have tiebreakers against really any of them because of head-to-heads and because of your conference record. No. This is a big game for the Chiefs, quietly. So they've got to find a way to win this one, and it's his job this week to go into the lab and figure out, okay, what can I do to put this team in the position to win if we don't have two of, what, the, the five most important players on our roster going into the game? I think that's an exciting thing for him as a coach to be like, okay, we've had this Ferrari at quarterback and we've got arguably the best tight end and the best wide receiver in the game. It doesn't make my job easy if I'm Andy Reid, as we've seen for much of this season, 
but it makes it a whole hell of a lot easier than it is for a lot of other coaches out there. Now his job oh, gets a little more difficult, and I, see, I think I think that's exciting for him. See, Serta, I think he had more fun trying to figure out something to do with Hank Basket and Freddie Mitchell than when he had T.O. Oh. Like, I think he would – and Todd Stinks – I'm sorry, Todd Pinkston – <laughs> Not Todd Stinkson. I'm sorry. Do, you, do you remember Todd. that playoff game against the Patriots where they were down to like basically nobody at wide receiver? Yeah, I, I think he got excited about that. I think trying he got to scheme on, that up yeah. and having huh. having an opportunity yeah. to go into uh, New England and win that game. No, I, I think there is something to that when you have like a creative, offensive minded head coach who is like you know like Kyle Shanahan is that yes, type I of guy in my it. opinion, like. Just give me speed. Just give me guys who can take off if I if I scheme them open and I get them into the open field. I think Andy Reid does think that way. I think Andy Reid last week, that opening script against the Chargers, which I think was his most flawless opening script of the entire season, getting Michael Burton involved. Huh. Andy Reid, that was the most excited Andy Reid's been all season. Seeing Michael Burton just rip off like chunk gains on that opening drive. And so, yeah, I think he gets excited for this a little bit. And this has to be an Andy game. Like, this has to be the game where, yeah, we'd love to see Patrick Mahomes take inferior talent and make them succeed because he's so special and we know he's so special. But this has to be an Andy game where Andy says, I don't care who is going on the football field today. I understand what this defense is capable of, and I know that we can beat them. So we're going to do it, and I'm going to make us do it uh, from the get-go. So like, it, this has got to be an Andy Reid game from the start. The other thing we're on to that point, I do think in a lot of ways this has become Pat's offense. Like You know how Tom Brady in New England, it eventually became his offense. Like Whatever he wanted to do, that's what they were running. And now in Tampa Bay, you look down there like that – that's not what you would typically expect out of a Bruce Arians offense. This is that no. is now Tom Brady's offense. I think that's the case in Kansas City in a lot of ways. They're running what Pat wants to run. I think Andy might get excited about the fact that you know what? For one week, this is Andy's offense again. Mine, it, mine. It, it's it's no longer hey, these are Pat's plays. This is now what I want to do. I'm gonna scheme up. Jarek McKinnon or Demarcus Robinson mm. or Michael Burton God. or Marcus Kemp. They're going to have a big play because I designed it. And I do think, I mean, listen, this is a business that has a lot of ego and Andy is not immune to that. I think that's got to be exciting for him. And I do think there's a piece of him that's like, you know what? I get to take some credit this week because that's my stuff that you just watched out there that ended up beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm telling you, Andy's got rock hard nipples all week for this. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I totally forgot about Jarek McKinnon. Totally forgot. I didn't either. I, I, I saw him mention something on Twitter this week about somebody, and I said, is he still there? Did he get cut? I mean, <laughs> I Derek Gore has passed him on the depth chart, so yeah, I, you'll pro- you probably won't see him. But you're right. This is the McKinnon game. All right, all right, but to go along with that, though, because uh, we're talking about Andy drawing up stuff, scheming up stuff. If Tyreek's not able to go, wouldn't we would we agree that McCole Harmon would probably slide into the role of whatever it is that 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 that, that spot, that X receiver that uh, that that Tyreek plays and. It'd be, it, I think this could be really critical for him 
and the team, if he can gain, if, if this happens, if he can gain some sort of trust out of this week where, hey, he is he is in that playmaking position from the wide receiver spot and Pat's able to have some good chemistry and he makes plays, this could be huge for him moving forward because right now Pat doesn't trust him. It's obvious last week Pat just said to hell with him. He refused to throw. Like Pat doesn't trust him so much that Pat, can't even throw the ball to him when he's wide open, right? Like he's spiking the ball. He doesn't trust him so much. Last week, Pat had three different times to throw touch to throw balls to him in the end zone. Two touchdowns, wide ass open, and a two-point conversion that he just could not connect with him. Hopefully, you know, if he gets in this spot, maybe the uh the allergicness of Patrick Mahomes that he has in throwing the ball to McCole Hardman, and he's given him reason to. Maybe that kind of goes by and he gets some confidence. And that can be big moving forward when when Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey do return. So this could be real big if uh, if, if Tyreek Hill's not able to go and McCall Hardman is in that spot. I think this is exactly the type of thing that he might need. And if you look back to 2019, for example, um, that was the last time that we saw an extended absence from Tyreek Hill. And that is when McCole Hardman was playing the Z spot that Tyreek Hill is typically at. And he played it for four games. It was Oakland, Baltimore, Detroit, and Indian, Indianapolis. And in those four games, you saw McCole Hardman go for, he had 22 targets in those four games, 12 receptions for 245 yards in four games. It's one of the most productive four-game stretches of his career so far. The rest of that season, Ron, in the next uh, 11 games for the Chiefs, he had 14 reception for 295. So in that four-game stretch, he basically matched what his production was for the rest of the season. He's just – this is the role that he was drafted to be in, if we're all being honest. Like, it, when they drafted him, they weren't sure what the future was going to hold for Tyreek Hill, and this was the potential internal replacement for him. He makes more sense there. And I'm I'm very curious to see how he looks when he gets an extended opportunity to play probably 80, 85% of the snaps as a Z receiver off of the line of scrimmage, not seeing as much press coverage. I do think he's going to perform well. I think you'll still see Byron Pringle be the number one guy in terms of targets, but I think you'll see more of those big play threats from McCall Hardman that we were excited about after his first season. And you could see something like, three receptions for 80 yards, something like that. That could be a stat line that you see from him in the, a game like this. It's big. They need it. I think they need that. And if, like I'm saying, man, it, it's for the confidence. If he, seriously, if he if he drops balls, if he fumbles the ball, if he causes issues, I to me, this is it. And he can, he can just – take this thing right on after the game and just take his ass down to bait to Betty Ray's and go get him a brown butter and toast a pecan on a good waffle cone. That's what I get every time he could go there and just, and just end it because he's, he's going to go back to get nine snaps offensive snaps a game like he had a few weeks ago. And, and he's just not going to, Pat's not going to trust him again and not going to throw him the ball again. So this is a big week for him and a big week for the team because the team is better when they have that big play threat. If it's just in the mind of the guys on the field, they are better with that. And, and if the, and if teams believe that Pat may throw the ball to him, 
it's even bigger. So this is a big week for him and a big week for the team if Tyreek Hill isn't able to go. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we do. The Chiefs get the ball when they have the ball. Now when the Steelers have the ball, anybody who's on this COVID list that's on this defensive line, hell, the entire front seven, y'all be licking y'all chops trying to get back. People in here knocking the doors down trying to get back-to-back negative tests to get themselves back in this game because, listen, you're trying to pad them numbers to get sacks. Guys like Chris Jones, Melvin Ingram, mediocre Frank Clark, those guys out there to Sean Wharton, all them, like y'all trying to get them, 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 them sack stats. I better get on that field because the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line is straight doo doo. And Ben, 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 hell, might as well call him Ben McLemore, but Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> you know exactly where his big ass is going to be. Hang on, hang on. That's disrespectful of Ben McLemore's athleticism. No, well, Ben Ben's a Hall of Famer, so let's stop. That's disrespectful to Ben Roethlisberger yeah, to call not him this that. version of Ben, not, yeah, not this statue version. But anyway, this statue, this statue, big ass version. I mean, it's like John Candy, rest in peace, just standing <laughs> there. He's not going anywhere. You know exactly where his big ass is going to be. It should be to me tee off season for the Chiefs defensive line and their front seven because Spags is and he ain't afraid to send a blitz. They should, this should be a three, four sack game for the Chiefs defense and their defensive line and their front seven. Uh, I, I mean, that, that's my expectation. They should tee off on them. I think the Chiefs should have a, even with their guys out, they should probably have a lead, which forces them to throw the ball. And really, they don't run it great anyway. I mean, Najee Harris has to break 16 tackles to get four yards at times. I mean, he had one of the greatest three-yard runs I saw two weeks ago. He broke 11 <laughs> tackles, and he got three yards. And he had to sit out three consecutive plays. 11. Every, 11. Every player on the defense. No, no. Uh, I think Anthony Barr missed three tackles <laughs> in the play. But I think they're going to have to throw the ball to stay in the game. And this D-line in front seven ought to wreck shop on Ben's big ass. Ben Roethlisberger is fat Derek Carr. Like, we, we don't know that. A lot of people don't recognize man, that's it. Pretty, that's pretty good, man. That hang on, hang on. Derek can good. still throw it deep sometimes. No, but we're talking about Derek 56 pounds heavier. And that's yeah. and that's 
where we are. That is pretty good, man. They're the same player, man. Like, the, neither of them really wants to throw it deep. They might do it. You'll see it occasionally. And there may even be a game here and there where you're like, oh, damn, Derek Carr can throw the ball deep? It happened to the Chiefs <laughs> last year. Ben Roethlisberger has some of those. But at this point in his career, he's fat Derek Carr. He's more than happy to go down. Like early on in his career, he He was a guy that was impossible to sack. You just couldn't do it. That's how he got his nickname. But now he's like, all right, yeah, you're you're at my ankles. I'm I'm just going to go ahead and go down here. It's just easier for all of us if I just – I don't have to do this any longer. He's taken 33 sacks this season. He has one of the highest sack rates in the NFL. His offensive line stinks. The way that they get around that is by getting rid of the ball as quick as humanly possible. Now, it doesn't get to his receivers particularly fast, but it gets out of his hands real quick because he does not want to hold on to the ball at all. You're going to see a bunch of five to seven, maybe eight-yard throws. That's their offense now. This is not the the Steelers of old where you would see them chucking it downfield. Everything is short, man. You're going to see a bunch of throws to Najee Harris. You're going to see a bunch of stuff to Deontay Johnson, who was totally misused in this offense the way that Juju Smith-Schuster used to be. He, everything's within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. The Chiefs offense or defensive line should eat in this game. They should absolutely have three to four sacks. And the only reason it won't be more is because of how quickly they get rid of the football. It's their offense is totally unwatchable. Like it is the worst offense in football to watch. Ben has multiple moments a game and multiple moments this season where I felt bad for him, like as a person, just watching him lumber around on the football field. I was just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with your life right now? Ben, you got no business being on that football field. You got no business trying to make throws, let alone try to dodge pass rushers. What are you doing out there? Like somebody has to tell you to hang it up, man. Like he embarrasses himself on a weekly basis. Yeah, I, yeah. His his feet have become very heavy. Uh, like Ben's Ben's got to be a terrible parent if he's got like a. <laughs> when I mean a terrible parent, I mean not that he's a bad parent, but in this respect, like if he's got a teenage son that likes to watch a little porn and is is getting after it in his room. I don't know where we're going right now. If Ben was if Ben was walking down the hallway, like it would be easy for that kid to feel him coming and just all right, let me close it up. Let me close it up because dad's coming. Because you can hear he he makes he makes the walls rattle. Yes, you can hear Ben's heavy feet coming 20 yards away. And so hey, he's not sneaking up on anybody. Hey, dad, I've already been in here, washed my hands and everything. So, like, I mean, his 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 feet are I mean, he's, I mean, it's, it's rough. It's rough. And, and they, like I said, they should, they should be able to get to him, know where he's going to be. Like, you don't even have to have pass rush lanes. You don't have to respect any of that. You can, you can dart inside if you want to, Frank, because you still should be able to catch him even if he gets outside of the pocket. They should, I mean, like you said, the only reason why it's not seven sacks is because, you know, he's just going to just get the ball off quick and he's trying not to get hit because he's trying to get to the end of this thing, baby. He is trying to get, he may, in his mind, he may say, oh, let's go one more ride. But really when he gets out there, he's like three games, three games. Let me get this thing away from me. All right. So, I mean, when, when the Steelers have the ball, that's one thing. I, 
I'm afraid, BK, I told sort of this, I'm afraid to use the E word with this defense because I'm just not. No, uh, that ain't it. Uh, I'm just not ready. The E word would be elite. I'm afraid to use it. But, But man, when you start to look at the numbers and what they've done the last several weeks and last week for me against the Chargers, that was the most impressive performance I've seen from Spags and this defense. Right, I know they gave up 21 points. I'm not giving them 28 because Patrick Mahomes' ridiculous interception, uh, that was him. That was on him, all right? That was that was ridiculous. That's not on the defense. But they gave up 21 points last week, and they didn't have, I think you could argue, the best player at every level of the defense. I don't, I don't think they had their overall best player in Chris Jones defensively, pro bowler. They didn't have Willie Gay who in that game scares you to death with Austin Eckler and his receiving skills. But Nick Bolton had Jesus just come into his body in that game last week, and he played the best game I've ever seen him play, uh, including Missouri. He's so good. good. Uh, but, but, But then they have Willie Gay out, and they have their best corner Sneed out, and they held it together. Like, I was impressed like hell from that group against that offensive team, right? Like, I mean... The fearlessness of Spag saying, I know Mike Hughes is over there one-on-one with Mike Williams, but I I don't give a rip. I'm going to send nine. Okay, and it worked. All right, but, but I want to see more evidence this week against the Steelers team that has some decent skill position, guys. I want to see more evidence, BK, of is this, is this defense the E-word? Are they elite? I want to see more evidence of that because they should be able to handle this offense if that's what they are. I mean, I don't know what more you need to see, honestly. Like, they've they've shown you everything since week seven that they could possibly show you. I just need time. I I, I hear you. Everything that we've seen since week seven suggests that they're elite defensively and, and that they honestly are a defense first team right now and it's not a bad thing i remember what was it three weeks ago ron going into the bye week you asked can this team win if the defense is the best unit on the team at the time we were all hesitant we were like i i don't know that that seems tenuous when you get to the playoffs to really believe that they can beat the best of the best that the afc has to offer with the defense being the reason why i'm not there anymore man Hmm. can they win with this defense being the reason why yes because we've seen them do it for like seven weeks now. I mean, it's not the only reason why they're winning, but if they scored 20 points against the Raiders, they win the game because the defense allowed nine. They scored 20 points the last time they played the Raiders. They win because the defense allowed 14. You went up against the Packers, and I understand that they didn't have Aaron Rodgers in that game. Your defense allowed seven points. I don't care who you're going up against. That's damn good. Man, in this seven-game stretch, they're allowing 15 points per game. That is elite regardless of who the competition is over their last uh, six weeks or something, they've had 17 turnovers, takeaways. They are doing everything that you could ask them to do defensively. This is the best possible version of what a Steve Spagnuolo defense should look like, look like. And Oh, by the way, they haven't been healthy. Like they're doing all of this with dudes out of the lineup right now. Are you ready to, are you ready to suck this into, are you sucking in this juice? This listen, yeah, I, I mean, know. I'm I'm slamming it. I'm slamming it now. 
I, I am shotgunning it at, at this point. Right, we <laughs> don't need another example of how you're taking it. Okay? <laughs> so, for, but for weeks, I was saying like, they're performing a little bit above their heads. Like it's going to come back down to earth, but they're closer to where I thought they were at the beginning of the season. Like they're not the worst defense in the NFL. I think they're like a mid tier level defense. The biggest thing that changed was Spags admitting, hell, I was just wrong to start the season and, and, and adjusting and finally putting Juan Thornhill in and finally, getting Willie Gay back and and utilizing Nick Bolton in in a way that he can be effective in a way that they weren't doing that early in the season. And Nick Bolton has just gotten better as the season's gone on overall. It's made the entire defense better. Legereus Sneed is good. Charverius Ward is healthy now and and playing really well because he's playing for a contract now. And so this defense always had the talent. That was never the question mark. It, It was just they couldn't have been one of the worst historical defenses that we've ever seen the way that they started the season where they are now. I was skeptical about it, but I'm not anymore. Like Melvin Ingram has helped transform this team. Spags is dialing things up on a weekly basis, even in a shorthanded capacity, like Spags is mid late season form right now, which is what you expect from him as the years have gone on. And this defense is the reason that they're on a seven-game win streak, not That's really the offense. And by the way, Nick Bolton is a stud. Like he's he has his deficiencies. Don't get me wrong. And we, if you want, if we want to have a larger conversation about him at a later date, we can. Okay. Nick Bolton does everything that they needed him to do. He has eleven tackles for loss. He has more than a hundred tackles already on the season. He shuts down the run. He's getting better against the pass. That dude's outstanding. And you put him eventually next to Willie Gay when they're both actually able to be on the field together. I mean, that is a dynamic linebacker duo suddenly that you're looking at and you're like, man, I'm excited not just for the here and now, but what the future looks like for this Chiefs defense. You get 53 out of there. You're right. I mean, that's... I mean, it's really impressive, (laughs) man. It really is. Um, I'm excited about this defense and I'm slurping it up, Ron, to take take what Serta said. I'm slurping the hell out of this defense. Stop it. All right. Listen... BK, you're a, I know you're a nutcase to the people in this game in particular. Uh, are there in it, like who are the Steelers? Who are the Steelers? Like Najee Harris, I think, is a really talented guy. I really, I like Deontay Johnson a lot. Claypool, I think, is football illiterate. Um, and he's shown that multiple times. And I, and I think Mike Tomlin really doesn't like him. Uh, as a, as a football player, player, really is how I feel. Uh, for Mike. Um, but who are guys you think that the Chiefs need to be concerned with defensively? Yeah, I, I think the number one guy, like if you, you know, they always say Bill Belichick says there's certain guys that you're just not going to beat him with. Like he tries to take away one player or one thing that you do well and tries to make you play left handed. That's always the saying about him. I think if you're if you're Steve Spagnolo, the guy that I would do that with is Chase, uh, Chase Claypool. Because I don't think the Steelers can beat you consistently. They're, they're not a team that earlier this season, the Chiefs had to beat the cover two by taking what's underneath, staying patient, and eventually getting matriculating the ball down the field. The Steelers just literally aren't capable of doing that. And that's what Deontay Johnson does. He's going to get you yeah. 8, 10, 12 yards per reception. He's their best offensive player right now. But the way they use him is just, it's football malpractice. So if they're going to continue doing that, Chase Claypool is their big play threat 
whether it's on the ground or through the air, he's the one that can beat you. So taking him away, that's the way you shut down the Steelers offense. You, you got to you gotta be concerned about Najee Harris. He's super talented, as you mentioned. Deontay Johnson is a really good football player. Yeah, I like him but a lot. the guy that scares me is Claypool. Claypool, he's the big play guy. Uh, he, he's the big play threat guy uh, that – that helps Ben out a lot. So I'm with you. I'm with you on that. They might not, they, I don't know. I think they might not have their tight end, right? Sort of. Yeah. He may not be in the game and- Friar Muth is, is banged up. I think he's dealing with the concussion. Um, it, it seems like he might not be available in this game. He is a rookie. The chiefs aren't particularly good at stopping tight ends. It's something they've struggled with this season. So he could be a challenge for them. And I love Pat Fryermuth. I think he's a really, really talented rookie tight end, but he's also only getting like a handful of targets a game. He's more of a red zone threat for this offense at this point, because they don't throw the football down the field. It's 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 seven yard passes to Deontay Johnson and Ben throws about five passes a game deep to chase Claypool. Like that's their entire offense. Yeah. All right, yeah, so uh, those are the guys, really, Claypool, it seems like, for BK is the only one you really can't let yeah. get away from you. All right, let's play the uh, <laughs> the game that is sweeping the nation, certified or imposter. We didn't have one last week. This week. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram, listen, I think many people point to him. I heard Serta say earlier when Spags admitted that he was wrong, and some people will say that when, when they, they brought Dan off the field a le- less than 100% of the snaps is when it changed. But I think there's a fair amount of people who really also believe it is when Melvin Ingram arrived here and became another element on the outside, and then you had Chris Jones with frisky Frank Clark on one side and, and and Melvin Ingram on the other, and that became the change. Certified or imposter to Melvin Ingram, Certa? Certified. I, I mean, he hasn't necessarily shown up in the sack numbers every single week, but Melvin <sighs> Ingram has had a huge impact every single game that he's been a Kansas City Chief, and – the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is terrible. Their offensive line is absolutely awful. Chris Jones being back, Frank Clark, Melvin Ingram, like they're they're going to crush Ben Roethlisberger on Sunday. They're they're going to sack him multiple times. Melvin Ingram absolutely certified. It's so strange, man, because Serta's right. If you look at just the sack numbers, he yeah. really hasn't done anything. If you're just going by what he's what the actual box score shows. He has one sack and three quarterback hits so far in his six games in a Chiefs uniform. I I mean, that's not impressive by the numbers. If you watch the games, though, you are seeing him consistently impact the passer. And that is the number one job if you're a defensive end. Ron, he has been what I think a lot of Chiefs fans were hoping that Terrell Suggs was going to be back in 2019. And ultimately, in some ways, what Terrell Suggs was in the playoffs. Suggs was a significant piece to what they were trying to accomplish, especially against the run. Melvin Ingram is just, he's a dynamic playmaker up front for them. And he allows them to do things that they weren't able to do when he wasn't on this roster. So I am going 100%. He is certified. He has changed the way they're able to play up front. Yeah, I just said 100%. Last week, 
you did get a glimpse to see what he is without Chris Jones. Like, it felt like his impact wasn't as large when there wasn't that big man in the middle, which you understand Chris Jones is the best guy on this defense. I'm just saying, but just last week, I was going into it thinking like, all right, they'll be all right because Melvin Ingram has – they got Melvin Ingram out there. I mean, if Chris Jones is out and it's just Frank Clark on the other side, man – you're looking at man. You're gonna hope Mike Mike Dana can come come together. Uh, you, you're gonna hope for a lot of things, but Melvin, I thought he would impact it a little bit more. I would still say certified because, like Melvin Ingram's not gonna carry you, right? Like even like he even needed help from Bosa on the other side when he was with the Chargers, and so I'll still say certified. Just last week, I, I expected a little bit more from him in in terms of impacting. Herbert last week, just because we had, we started to get accustomed to seeing his impact, and it kind of dropped off a bit. But I'll say certified as well, uh, especially with the fact that Chris Jones looks like he'll be back uh, this week. All right, fellas, how you how you see this game going? I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump out first. Look, I, I there's a wonder if Tyreek Hill will play. There's a wonder if Travis Kelsey will play. I still just think the I still think the talent even there, even with those guys out with Patrick Mahomes, he's not losing to Ben's big ass at home with the game on the line with Andy. So I, I think it'll I don't know if they'll score like they would if they had their full complement. I'll say Chiefs win this thing twenty-four to nine. Twenty-four to nine in this game. Yeah, I, I think that's a decent prediction. My prediction is 24 to 13. Uh, wow. I just think Kansas City, even if they're shorthanded offensively, like I think Andy's going to have some things dialed up. Patrick Mahomes is just simply better and, and more talented, and you expect him to be able to make plays. And their defense is just going to eat this offensive line alive, in my opinion. So I think the Chiefs are just simply a better football team across the board and the Pittsburgh Steelers, as we've seen, like they just upset the Tennessee Titans who also can't play offense at the moment. Nineteen to 13. Like that was a game of field goals. Like even in this game where you might be shorthanded offensively, I think Andy Reid's going to have enough dialed up. I got the chiefs 24 to 13. Yeah, that was going to be my score as well. So I'll go 27 to 16 is going to be my final score just to make it a little bit different. But yeah, 24, 13, 26, 16. So something like that is kind of the, the range that I'm projecting for Chiefs versus Steelers. <laughs> what was your score again? I missed it. What the hell I already happened? got mine published on arrowheadpride.com. So it's verified. I just Tw- that. Mine's 26 to 16. Good God almighty. What the hell was that? <laughs> Thought somebody came in here to pick me up. <laughs> the damn aliens. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You were okay. prepared for the score, huh? I wasn't. What was that? Um, lots I want to. Uh, lots of field goals with their backup yeah. kicker because their starting kicker is unvaccinated. Whenever we get out of here, uh, I just, before we get out of here, I just want to say uh, shout out uh, to one of um, Brett Veach's biggest mistakes. Breland Speaks got picked up this week. Um, and it, he's uh, he's playing. He played for somebody. I saw his name. Yeah, picked got, up by an NFL team. Yeah, he got signed to somebody's practice. Squad. Buffalo Bills. Shout out. <laughs> that's Bills. right. Yeah, shout out to Breland. Oh, they're having man. COVID problems too. That's good, good for him. 
good for him. Cole Beasley probably at the center of it. But shout out uh, to Breland Speaks, man. Um, I never gave that gentleman hasn't played a football game since 2018. I never, I, I never gave. <laughs> he was up literally a second round pick that a team traded up for and yeah. played in one season. You know, one Joe, season. Joe Johnson played basketball for the Celtics the other day, so we're in a we're in a weird time, folks. In a weird time. So shout out to you, Breland Speaks. I always believed in you. No, I didn't. Never, never once. And you started with that horrible number you chose. He's got he's got that gift though on Twitter. That's immortalized. Oh, the oh, gift oh, of, oh, the the gif. The gif. The gif. Yeah. All right. Uh so big one Sunday. Uh Serta, what the hell do they have? What the hell do our listeners have to look forward to? I know you got the post game. I had a lot of fun doing that with you last week. Yeah, you did fill in for me. Um, as always, make sure you're tuned into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing there. Uh, we will be live immediately following the Chiefs game with the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. It's going to be me and Rocky Magana this week. We got you covered immediately following the Chiefs and Steelers. All right. Well, BK, glad to have you back, and uh, good luck in week two of marriage. Serta. You keep fighting, buddy. You keep fighting. I'm Ron, the show. That's BK. That is. Maybe he'll come to your wedding. <laughs> I will. I better be in it. Show is BK on the Chiefs. We are out. I mean that.